We're going to get right into the Word. We, we, uh, my wife is going to come help me here this morning. Don't you like it when my wife helps me? It's like, that guy needs some help. <laughs> but uh, we've been talking for, for several weeks now about weathering the storm. And you know, this, this, um, the, the nature of, of the, our nation, the nature of, of the world that we're in right now is kind of, it, it's kind of daunting. You would think there, you, you know, uh, you could be worried about some stuff. You could be anxious about some things. And so we've been going through the Word of God looking about how we can, uh, we can weather whatever storm's coming our way. Jesus said, you're going to encounter something, but be of good cheer because I have overcome. And so there's the necessity in Christ. We can know that whatever's coming our way, whether it's a physical storm, whether it's a political storm, whether it's persecution, whether it's, it's, it's something in our bodies, we just know that, that God has already provided for us not to just get through it, but to just to be triumphant on the other side of it. How many know that, that faith requires a battle? Faith requires a storm. But what happens with faith is that things are perfected. In that time, in our relationship with God. So I, I've already experienced some of that. Anybody been putting some of this to, to practice? Experience, experiencing it in your life. And so we're going to go forward. This is going to be our last installment. Actually, this next month, we're going to be talking about families. You know, one of the biggest things challenged, that we're challenged with in America today is the family. And, and I believe, you know, some of the racial issues and some of the things. The enemy wants to come and he wants to, he wants to separate us. And if he can separate a family, he's, he's done a, a devastating blow. And so we just want to talk about some of those things because, you know, all of us have experienced challenges with our families. And it's like there's no condemnation to anybody, but there's hope also. And there's something that we can find in the, in the Word that will help us with that. So this is going to be our last installment today on weathering the storm. And I like this. And so uh, we're going we're gonna, to... Uh, so what we're going to be talking about today is power. Before we get into this, I just want to talk to the Father. Can we do that? I'd like for us as we do this today, whatever we're presenting, I'd like for it to be something that we can receive from the Father today. Because it's, it's uh, everything. I'm so grateful for the Word of God. And I'm grateful that I don't have to come up with something in my head that I can expect you to be helped by. But I can look into the Word of God and I can find something. So anything that, I, that we're finding out of the Word of God, let's receive. So there's a great reward. I'm just going to reiterate some of the things we've gone through already. There's a great re reward for those who make it through the storm without being defeated by it and giving up on the power over the storm. So the, the biggest thing that the storm could do to you is not take your house, not take your body, but take your, make you to feel defeated in giving up on God. That's the biggest storm that's coming your way. It's the challenge to your faith. And so there's a great reward for that. And I like, I, I like this out of James. You, James talks about this. When you're going through stuff, you got to count it joy. You got to consider it as something that's going to cause you to be victorious if you, can, if you can make it through it, right? So that's been what we've been talking about. Blessed is the one who perseveres. What's that? You don't give up. You make it through. But, you know, persevering is something you don't ju just do on your own. You do based upon all these things we've been talking about, right? Under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Isn't that great? How many of you have experienced that already? Persevering through some stuff. <laughs> you know, I, you, you guys have some testimonies. I've heard some of them already about God's faithfulness. It, it going through stuff, you feel like you're completely defeated. But you, when, you, when you get through on the other side, it's not like you feel like a beat-up puppy or something. You, you, you're not only, you not only got through it, but you feel victorious. You know, it's amazing. Like the, the, uh, uh, I, I really don't understand, you know, boxing and, and what do they call it, MMA. Um, two guys that maybe haven't ever met before get in a cage and go at each other like somebody just, you know, threatened their wife or something, you know. So, remember we were back in the cage, right? <laughs> they, they'll go to the last, uh, and, and that's the best kind of fight, actually, you know, when, when you got a Rocky Balboa that's just getting beat up and he's, and he's all, uh, 
you know, devastated. He's got blood coming out this and his eyes are barely open, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And, and you get to the final round and he knocks the other guy down and he wins. He's all beat up, but what is he doing? I won. <laughs> he's victorious, isn't he? <laughs> Even though he's beat up, he's victorious. Why? Because he made it through that fight and he's still standing. And sometimes we might feel like that in the middle of it, but when you're going through it with God and you're victorious on the other side, you might have some remnants of where you came, but you're victorious. Amen? So that's where we want to go. We don't want to stay in this storm. Worst thing you can do in the wilderness is stop. You want to keep going, right? Yeah, (laughs) I I remember there, there was a scripture that probably if you've been in church all your life like us, we learned Psalm 23. How many learned Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or lack for any good thing. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the still. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. There's a shadow of death there because death is standing there. But it doesn't mean I have to stop there and let death have me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he is with me. He is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy, anoints my head. And that's what we're going to talk about today is the anointing, the Holy Spirit power, that power that enables us to walk through. We can't do it in and of our own strength. We have to have the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's what that anointing is all about. And you know why it's on your head? Can you guess? Your mind. Because that's where the battlefield is. It's in your mind. It's up here in the head. There's mind games going on when you're going through stuff. And that is the determining factor is where you set your mind. And the word says in Isaiah, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or fixed on thee. Because why? Because we trust in him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So what we're going to talk about today is is uh, power, but it, so I'm, I, I want to look at some things. You know, there, there's certain things that you're up against. There's all kinds of different storms we come up against, and it, you know, we looked a, a couple weeks ago, I think, about strength. We need to be strong in ourselves. But you know, um, let, let me just get into this first one. I want to look at just what power is, and let's just get the concept of power initially. Um, if you're going to get a task done. You need some physical power, don't you? You need to be able, your muscles need to work. They need, you need to be able to, some, and some things you can just do just physically. You can dig a hole with your hands, right? But it helps if you have a tool, doesn't it? You know, the, the, the pyramids were built by physical power, weren't they? And they had some application of mechanical stuff too, right? If you get some leverage, if you do some other things. There's power in those things, isn't there? There's mental power that you need to be able to figure things out, right? Mm -hmm. There's um, renewable power that, you know, getting into the realm of, of power that we actually use. And what I'm wanting to look at in each one of these, there's a progression that's taken place. Now, I was thinking about it this way, just in the mechanical and the physical area, you know, uh, when people first occupied this land, they traversed all the way to the mountains in the west on foot, didn't they? They might have had a horse. But, you know, you probably didn't take a wagon back then because there wasn't a road yet, right? And you'd just be going over all, a, bunch of, a bunch of stuff. But, you know, you can take somebody that's on foot and they can come by with a horse and you can say, no, I got it handled. I'm on foot. And you can. You can make it all the way across the country on foot. But what do we have today? Somebody drives by and says, hey, I'll I'll, I'll give you a lift. You say, I got it. I'm I'm going with this power that I have. There's levels of power, aren't there? You know, and then, and then, and then they said, well, you know, it's, it's really going to be crazy if you try to get up in the air. I mean, that's really dangerous. But what happened when we started to fly? There was some power in being able to, to, uh, to, to go somewhere that was greatly increased, right? There's levels of ability that are enabled by different uh, understanding, right? Happens in, and so we're looking at renewable energy. We got a lot of this going on in the country today. We, you know, debates on how we should be doing some stuff. Um, 
Water, wind, air, solar, they're, they're, they're effective, right? Then you get into oil and gas. What happens with oil and gas? It's actually a higher level of power per what you're consuming, right? It takes a whole lot of time to, to do some of these other things. You know, they used to have water, what do you call it? Uh, a, a windmill or a, you know where the water's going across the wheel to? What do you call that? Huh? There you go, grist mill. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but then what did they come up with? They come up with the, the nuclear power, right? And nuclear power, I was looking at it. You know, some of these, these submarines can go for 25 years without, uh, on the same power source. They can go up, I think they said 30 or 40 years even. And, and never have to refuel. Is that something? And you think you just think about the, the nuclear power itself in, in ammunitions. When they came up with that, that took the 22 bullet, you know, it's just it's nothing, is it? It's like a, it's a 30-06. You get as big as you want. It's nothing compared to nuclear, right? Levels of power that are required to accomplish something that is meant to overcome a mountain of some kind, isn't it? Okay? I'm wanting to get this idea of progressive levels of power that will cause you to overcome something else. A big, a big reason why we have stockpiled our military this, in this nation is to keep somebody else from coming against us. It's more of a defensive thing than it is an offensive thing. We're not interested in going and dropping a bomb anywhere. We just don't want anybody dropping one here. Right, right. You know? <laughs> so... The problem with each one of those, though, even nuclear, you take, you take power on a, on a human understanding level all the way to nuclear. I mean, it just takes, a, it takes dividing a tiny little atom, and it can just, it's powerful. It's beyond our comprehension how big that is, yeah. right? But all of those forms of power are still limited. Even if you were to, to drop a bomb somewhere, it would have a limitation on, his, on its uh, impact, wouldn't it? There's a limitation on any of the power sources that we have available to us, uh, it, 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 you know, just as human beings, right? right. Yeah. But we are all in need. Let me, let me go back and read this. I was explaining it, and I didn't read it. Psalm 33, 16. I like this. It says, no king is saved by the size of his army. You would think if we can just get a big enough army, we're going to be okay, right? No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. So we're wanting to have the Lord. We're not going to rely on another power. So what, where I want to kind of get today is we are powerful as human beings. We've been filled with, with the power of God if, if we know the Lord, but we are still in need of something outside of us. As, as, even though I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, even though the, uh, the, the Spirit has come to abide in, inside of me, I still need to get in a car to get home. Does that make sense? I'm still needing something outside of the power that's inside of me to actually accomplish something. I need power. Not just inside, I need power outside, upon. Okay? So the purpose of Christ's coming is to provide power. And the reason why Jesus said, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world is because if he's overcome the world, then he's come to be with us. It doesn't say he just came to be in us. He came to be with us. That means he's a power outside of us. Amen? For when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. 
Now, he's talking about everybody. Do you know anybody that's really an amazing person? They can really do some great things. They're really awesome. However great somebody is on this earth, they are still powerless to save. The reason why Jesus came is to provide power to save. Now, this will include a lot of different areas in your life. But there's a necessity of understanding this and receiving it. Okay? So there's a Holy Spirit power. So we looked at all those other spirits or all those other sources of energy, you know. And I'd like for us to see that when we're looking at the Holy Spirit power, that it's a power that will transcend every other power. And Jesus came to provide it for us. Okay? All right. So, Zechariah, we're familiar with this, this passage out of Zechariah. And it talks about a power here. It says, so he said to me, Zechariah, you know, I went and looked at some commentaries on there. There's all these different analysis of, of maybe what this mountain was that Zechariah was up against. And it, partly what was interesting, all the different analysis let me know that it doesn't matter what mountain it is. He was actually building a temple in, and they said, well, that might have been it alone. How many have a, 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 it seems like it's an impossibility in your life. It might just be a project you have. It's like, it's over, overwhelming. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power. So when we, we're looking at that, sometimes we can think, well, then we got to just forget about might and forget about power. But let's do it in the realm that I just looked at. Let's look at it in regard to power in our understanding of it. Let's include nuclear power. Let's include cars. Let's include everything else. It says not by those things. Not by any power that we have an understanding of. Let's put the spirit in a completely different realm of power. Like, like a 22 bullet compared to a nuclear bomb. You know what I mean? Let's say that the spirit, let's don't even call it power. Let's, let's just see that it's just, it, it makes nothing out of every other power. Because that's what it says here. By my spirit, he says, it's not by my, it's not by your understanding of power, it's not your understanding of might, but it's by my spirit. Okay? It's a power that will transcend anything we, else we can understand. This is so important to know, okay, when it comes to storms in our life. That God hasn't come to just be inside of us and, and for us to just feel like, oh, I guess what, well, I just have to endure all the way through this. No, he's come to be a power in our life. Amen? Now, he's only limited by our reception of this. We'll get to it. Joel 2.28. So if the power has been something that, that, that Jesus came to give us, and it's going to be a power that transcends any other, Joel prophesies the, the coming of that spirit upon us. Right. Now, it's not just in us. It's upon us. And it's so necessary for that to be. It's kind of like, it's like I can show up with all the skill and the ability, but if I don't have a toolbox. Larry and I were working here yesterday, and a guy showed up, and they were joking about not having a toolbox. I guess he always has a toolbox. Why? Because he's, he's a great big guy. He's capable of doing probably a whole lot of stuff without, but when it comes to certain jobs, you got to have a toolbox. You have to have something beyond just your strength, beyond just your, your mental ability. You have to have something outside of you. You have to have something come upon you. Okay? Yeah. So Joel prophesies this, and it's, it's very precious. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit. I will pour out my spirit. What is that spirit? It's power. It's power on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. These days, can we say these days? These days in which I live, right? So what is that? That's, a, that's an outpouring. Let's don't just look at it as just this mysterious spirit that's somewhere. This is the spirit that hovered over the darkness that God commanded. It caused life to come out. It caused the light to take place. This, this just makes nuclear bombs look like nothing. This power. Amen? So, 
This is wonderful because he's come to not just be inside of us, but to be on us. And I want to look at this today. This is going to be great. Are you excited? I can just, I can, I can sense the excitement in the air. So how many are familiar with baptism? Right? What is that? That's where you, our understanding of it is where you get completely immersed and, and in the process of that is, is, a, is a representation of a complete transformation of who you are. Right? So, uh, I want to look at, at John because Jesus came as a man. He, he came as a man, didn't he? he? He didn't. The power that he displayed when he was on this earth was not something he did because of who he was. Okay, now, even as Christians, there's not going to be anything that we can do because of who we are, even as who we are simply in Christ. Now, I know this might go a little bit uh, a challenge for us, but what enables us in Christ to actually demonstrate power isn't something that's just on the inside. It's, it's something that, that Jesus experienced, too, that we can look at here, okay? John 1, 33. Remember, John is out. He's, he's preaching. What is he preaching? Repentance, isn't he? What is the need for repentance? Because that's a baptism where you say, I'm turning my life completely around to God. I live for God. What is repentance? It's, it's not just, it's not just uh, stuff. It's not just things that you're doing that are bad things, that you shouldn't be doing bad things. Now, we shouldn't be doing bad things, but what's the purpose of it to have your life completely given unto God? That's what happens with the baptism that John was preaching. So he's, 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 uh, um, he's talking about Jesus here because remember, he, he's, he's baptizing and Jesus shows up. He actually baptizes Jesus. Really? Jesus needs this? It's the first part. There's a baptism of repentance that causes you to be transformed in who you are so that you can become a reception of who Jesus is. This is necessary. Okay? John said this. He said, I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me. Who is that? That's God, isn't it? The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. What is that Spirit? That's what Joel was talking about, right? That's his power that transcends every other power. And according to this, Jesus wasn't operating in that when he came to get baptized by John, was he? No, he, he got baptized by John, and then what happened? That dove came down, right? And so that you could visually see what was happening in the Spirit. The Spirit was coming down to rest on him. I like that. It says it remained. Why? Because Jesus was completely consecrated unto God. It requires us to be consecrated to God. We can't just live however we want to live and, and curse God and then expect the Spirit to be upon us in power. Right? But what Jesus was doing was bringing something for us. What he was doing, even in this, in this time of being baptized, was, was representing something that we could actually have also. So what did it call that? It said, uh, he will baptize in the Holy Spirit. Who's Jesus baptizing? He's going to baptize us. Where's that baptism in the Holy Spirit coming from? It's Jesus. When we, when we become a new creation in Christ, what are we doing? What are we experiencing? When we get baptized in water, that's the baptism of John, isn't it? It's not the baptism of Jesus. It's the baptism of John. It's repentance unto him. Okay? There's another baptism that is required to have something come upon you. And this is necessary for getting through the storm. You're going to need a power that you can't get in your toolbox, yeah. that the government can't get you. Yeah. 
Amen? That you can't figure out with your brain. You're going to need a power that transcends those things. It's been promised to us. Jesus came and demonstrated it to us. Amen? So. Yes, please do. I'm just thinking about, uh, we went through a dark time for a while, and I remember the Holy Spirit ministered to my heart, and he spoke that scripture, and he said, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. And the Lord had to really reveal to me what that meant, because, you know, growing up in church, we feel empowered, don't we? We've got the word. We feel very empowered to make change in our lives, and we are empowered, but there is a little bit of a line sometimes where we think we can do it on our own just because we're empowered. You know what I'm saying? And so the Lord showed me. He said, you can't emotionally make this happen. You can't do it in and of your own strength by controlling the situation. Because a lot of times, you know, especially as mothers, we want to, we're caretakers. We want to fix things. We want to make things right. And the Lord said, you can't make this right. You've got to trust me. And until you trust me, until you trust the Holy Spirit inside of you to make this happen, it's not going to happen. So it was like I had to completely release my own feelings, my own thoughts of, of my own strength in the midst of it, and completely cast it on God and trust the power of the Holy Spirit in operation in my life according to what it was we were believing God for. There's been several things we've, we've operated in in this, but a lot of times we think we can do it. We cannot do it without the strength of the Holy Spirit that comes upon us and enables us to do it. Does that make sense? Amen. Amen. So the, the Tim Tebow verse, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There is that side of it where we need to believe in the power of God inside of us to do our part. Yeah. But when our part is, is not sufficient, because it, it, right. again, I need to get in my car to go home. There's something I need the Holy Spirit to do. I need something beyond just where I'm at right now. I need a continual mm. resting of the Holy Spirit upon me, not just in me. Well, the okay. scripture says, having done all to stand... Stand, and that word stand means to abide. Having done all to abide, abide. And sometimes we do everything we can do, like you're saying. There's still our part, but then we have to abide and live in the power of God and trust that the Holy Spirit is at work. Praise God. While we're abiding. So Acts 1 uh, says, but I promise you this, and this is actually Jesus talking. The Holy Spirit will come Upon you. And you will be filled with what? Power. When he comes where? On you. And you will be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on earth. It's a power that transcends any other that comes on you. Now, what's really cool about it, it fills you, but it's its outward demonstration that is power, not just its inward. It's going to be something that's on you, and it's something that you're continually receptive of. It's not something that is a one-time thing. It's a continual process of being, receiving of this, and having it demonstrated in your life, accessible in your life. Okay, so then in Acts 2, 4, when the Holy Spirit came on, there was evidence. And so we're, we're uh, uh, there's, there's evidence throughout the New Testament that any time this took place. So um, all of the disciples were in a position to receive this. They all had this promise from Jesus. He said, when I depart, there's going to be a comforter that comes. And he wasn't just a comforter. What's the greatest thing that can comfort you to know that you have power to make it through something, right? Yeah. That you have the tools necessary. Yeah. I'll tell you, when I feel most uneasy is when I don't know how to do something and I don't have the tools necessary to do it. When the comforter comes, not only does he impart the mental ability and the direction that, he will, that you need, but he also gives you the tools you need. Yeah. 
It's power. We have to have something that's not just we just feel like we're okay where we're at. No, we're in need of something outside of us continually. Amen? (laughs) Can we see it this way? (laughs) So these were all the disciples. And he said, you go to this upper room. And after a period of time, you're going to receive something. It's going to come on you. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. It was the sound of power, right? They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. Isn't this interesting? Where the Holy Spirit is, you're going to see evidence. He's not just going to show up and there's not going to be any evidence. In fact, you could not encounter Jesus after he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came and rested on him. You could not encounter Jesus without encountering the power of the Holy Ghost. Wherever he went, there was power. You know why? It wasn't just coming out of the inside of him. It's because it came on him. And he was in continual reception of the Holy Ghost. Why could he give it to us? Is because he had it. It's who he was. Amen? So, all the disciples, all of them, it didn't say just some of them, it said all of them, right? In fact, it wasn't just the disciples, it was a whole bunch of people that believed, right? And were willing to stay there long enough. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. It it didn't say it it miraculously went down through their mouth and their stomach began to glow. (laughs) It, It was on them, wasn't it? Why is that necessary? Because we need some, we need a power that's outside of us that transcends any other power. Why are we going to be of good cheer when we encounter things? It's because he's come with the Holy Spirit to be a comforter alongside of us. A power that transcends any other. Amen? I think this next one is the one you... Oh, let me just, let me just read this one. <laughs> Never say that women talk more than men. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. You just wait till later, okay? This is my chance. <laughs> And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So why was this necessity? This had never happened before on a regular basis. It might have happened from time to time. But there was a necessity for this particular time. There were people from other parts of the country. But it also became something where it liberated the Spirit inside to communicate with the Spirit outside. Very powerful. Because what it did is it became a reception of a power that rested upon. And when this happened, every time it happened in the New Testament, it became something that was represented, that was demonstrated by speaking in other tongues. And that, sound, that can sound kind of weird. It can sound kind of overwhelming. Like, what is that? But it's the liberation of the Spirit on the inside to be a reception. It's an evidence that there has been a reception from the outside. And that inside has been liberated it says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water pastor kim galatians three twenty seven says for as many of you as were baptized into christ into a spiritual union and communion with christ the anointed one the messiah you've put on and clothed yourselves with christ How many put on clothes when you got up this morning? I see that most of you did. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) We're not one of those churches. God never (laughs) intended for his children to live and operate naked. Say, thank you, Jesus. Turn to the person next to you. Thank God we are not having to operate (laughs) naked. He clothed us with power and with strength. Yes. Clothing identifies people. How many know if you are in a kind of a position or a job, the military, they've got different branches. They have different clothing for their, their, their different branches. 
you know, policemen, different people, technicians. It identifies who you are, right? And so this scripture talks about how we clothe ourselves with Christ, and this identifies who I am. How many remember, I'm going to just touch this really quick, it's not up there, but in Genesis when they sinned and, and God was in the, uh, uh, the garden and he was looking for them and they said, where are you? And they said, we're hiding, we're afraid because we're naked. Do you guys remember that? I thought, well, isn't that weird because they were naked before and they weren't ashamed, but now all of a sudden, because they've sinned against God, they recognize. And then the scripture later in the next chapter says, their eyes were opened and they saw that they were naked and they were ashamed. And I thought, you know, I believe that God clothed them with glory. And because they sinned against God, there was a separation of what God had clothed them in. And the fear came and they thought, we can't do anything by ourselves anymore because we've sinned against God. That's what sin does. It separates us from God. It's why God hates it. It's not so much about the sin. It's what it does in our life. So it's important that we repent and be baptized, be fully immersed in the power of the Spirit. So right now I'm thinking it's important for us to flow and operate in that place where we're clothed with Christ, clothed in the power of the Holy Ghost, especially in the hour that we're living in right now. How many know you need the power of the Holy Ghost for the day that we're living in right now? Amen. Amen. We cannot function in and of ourselves. We can't think for ourselves. We've got to have the spirit of truth. The word says in John 16, that he's the spirit of truth and he leads us and guides us into truth and out of lies. Thank God we don't have to depend on ourselves. Amen. Amen. We've got the power of the Holy Spirit. When we become born again, there's that baptism that's on the inside. But when we receive the power of the Spirit that comes upon us, and we receive it with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, there's a greater power that enables us. I can't tell you how many times we've gone through some battles. How many have gone through some battles? It's a rhetorical question. You don't have to raise your hand if you want to. But all of us have gone through battles. The word says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he delivers us out of them all. How does he deliver us out of them all? By the power of the Holy Ghost. We Amen. get to the other side. Amen. We get through the shadow of death. Amen. Because we've got the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside. We don't have to rely on our own strength. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm so thankful for that. Because all I have to do is start praying in the spirit and I feel that power rise up on the inside. It kind of like cleans, cleans out the junk inside and gets me refocused on what he has to say and what he wants to do. But our clothing that we're wearing represents different things. It represents strength. Represents strength. We don't have to be weak. When I am weak, he is strong. Amen? It re represents power. We're not weaklings. We're powerful people. It, it emboldens us. It causes us to be bold with, with the Holy Ghost and power. Amen? It enables us. We might think we can't do something, but when we realize that the power of the Spirit has come upon us and enabled us to do something, that's an anointing that we can't function in and of ourselves. We need the power of the Holy Ghost for this hour and this time. Amen? Amen? It's an anointing. What is that anointing for? It's to bring change. There's a, there's a scripture that says, I've been changed into another man. My husband wrote a song about it. The power of the Holy Spirit goes with me wherever I go. I've been changed into another man. And also, it helps me have long-suffering when I'm going through some things. It enables me to push past some things. And it also helps my faith. The power of the Holy Ghost gives me that extra boost to have faith in God. We don't walk around with our hands hanging down and our knees hanging down and, and our head hanging down, feeling all wiped out. No, we've got the power of the Spirit on the inside and on top of us, on our heads, amen? amen, enabling us to do what we need to do, to walk through what we need to walk through and to expect God to move in our lives, amen? amen. Praise God. Amen. So, I just want to challenge us, if, if anybody's having difficulty with the reception of the Spirit as being something that is necessary beyond just the, the acceptance of Christ, I want you to see the necessity for this reception of something beyond this that was very clear in the New Testament. 
And if you want to have this power that she's talking about, he comes to abide on the inside, but you're need, going to need to receive him from the outside. I just want to validate this from, from, uh, from the scriptures here in uh, Acts. So Paul had a revelation of this in a great way. That the spirit came, and he said, I don't even want to preach. He said, I don't want to get up and just talk and have you impressed by what I'm saying. When I'm talking, I want there to be, and I believe this is happening this morning, a resting of the Holy Spirit that comes upon you, and it causes you to encounter a power that you can't figure out with your head. Amen? He said, if, I, if I'm just talking and you're impressed by me, we, have, we are powerless against a storm. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what Paul talked about. And he recognized it as being something that you have to receive yourself. It's not something, and you have to maintain it. It has to be something where he becomes your abiding place. Amen? So, there's, there's a, a, a reference to Apollos. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Apollos. But there was this guy that came along, and he was very eloquent. He was very understanding of the scriptures, even validating who Jesus was as the Messiah. But he came along and he hadn't heard about the Holy Ghost yet. But what we're talking about, resting upon, being a power for your life. And he came along and he's preaching and, and actually these two lay people instructed him that there was something more. That there was something more to be had. And it referred to that as the baptism of John. It said he only knew about the baptism of John. So that I don't believe that was just exclusive to back to then. We can be only knowing of the baptism of John ourselves. We need to know more if we're going to have power to get through the storm. And so uh, later on here, it says, um, while Apollos was at Corinth, Corinth, uh, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus, and there he found some disciples. Who are the, these? Are Christians, aren't they? These are people that have been baptized, according to John. And asked them, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?" This isn't something that happened when they believed. It's it's something else that's possible beyond. They answered, "No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit." So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Isn't this interesting? So there's a necessity for there to be a baptism that's beyond just John's baptism where we get introduced to Christ. Jesus comes, and what she was just talking about, when Jesus comes, his baptism is the Holy Spirit. He comes to live inside of us, but when he comes to baptize, he becomes to fill us up to overflowing with the Holy Spirit to where it's on the outside. <laughs> John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, right? He told the people to believe in one coming after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Huh. So to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus isn't just... Repenting of your sins. It's actually receiving of the Holy Ghost. And watch what happened to him when they did. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came where? On them. They were already disciples. They already had the Spirit inside. But the Holy Spirit came on them. Isn't that interesting? And what did they do? They, there was evidence. They spoke in other tongues and prophesied. All right? There were about 12 of them in all. I just thought I'd include that in because it was all of them, yeah. right? Where there's a reception, there's an, there's an opportunity to experience the Holy Spirit in a way that you cannot on your own, even as a Christian. Ephesians 1, 19. The, the power of the Spirit, it's a continual experience of superior power over any storm. Ephesians. Now, Paul had such a great revelation of this, and I wanted to include this in this because he just kind of expounds upon it. I want us to see that this is not something that is just an option if you want to get through the storm with the power of the Lord. We can't, we can't just speak to storms on our own. It's going to be the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.19, I pray that you will continually, continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's 
power. Now that sounds like it can be something that you don't continually experience. Right? Power made available to you. Available. That means it's something that's still available but has to be accessed. How, how do we access it? By faith. Right? Then your lives will be an advertisement. That means it will be, you, will, you will be noticed for this. You will be an advertisement of what? This immense power. Huh. As it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and extreme authority in the realm, heavenly realm. Wouldn't you just like to have been there in the garden when Jesus rose from the grave? It had to have been a great demonstration of power, right? But what does he say in that same power is? What's come to be on us. Amen? And now he's exalted. Now this is the cool part. Now he's exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. That's where we started off today, right? Above nuclear bombs, above everything else. The Holy Spirit. And, and Paul is praying. He says, I just want you not to just have an experience 20 year, years ago that was glorious. But for you to walk around as a demonstration of it. Amen? This is, does this sound like it's an optional thing? Oh, I can take it or leave it. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever, ever praised. Not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. He is. Now, what is he? He's, he's, again, he's praying that you would experience this on a continual basis. It would not be something that you say, I, I don't need that right? Not if you want to get through the storm with some power. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. There's a power that we can receive that's beyond just conversion. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It will be evidenced in our life. You can't go around and not release it if you're full of it. Because it's overflowing. It will be seen on the outside. And it will be a power that will take you through anything. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth. And that which fills him who is being filled by it. It fills him who is being filled by it. When we're filled, he comes and overflows inside of us. Amen? Pastor Kim, I'd like you just to finish this off. This is something that uh, the day that we're living right now, we are in need of this. I just want you to be encouraged. This is for you. The Holy Spirit's resting upon you right now saying, what do you want? What do you want? I'm here. When you receive, though, it's not going to be something that's just a a nice, gentle thought. It's going to overwhelm you. It's going to be a baptism in Jesus. This is what's cool about this. We're not trying to, to go away from Jesus. No. It, it's Jesus baptizing you. Wouldn't that been cool to be baptized by John? We get to be baptized by Jesus. And when we're baptized by Jesus, we're baptized with the Holy Ghost. And it's the power that transcends any other power. Amen. Y'all have heard me say, but at the beginning of the year in January, I've heard the Holy Spirit say, this year is going to require, require the supernatural. And this, what we're talking about here is the super on your natural. (laughs) This is the super part connected to your natural part. And this is the part that's required for you to get through this year. And we're giving this to you, this word today, because we feel as pastors, it's important For we as the body of Christ to be operating in everything that's available to us. What would it be like for my kids if I had a million dollars in the bank and I never let them have any of it? And I said, well, you know, it's there, but it's only for special people. You're not special enough. They would not really like me very well, right? (laughs) But that's the way it is. God has 
given us this amazing bank account from the Holy Spirit that enables us to operate and do what we need to do on a different level. And it's required for this time that we're living in right now. Y'all can see that. In Romans 13, 11, this, I want to talk about the clothing again. It, we are clothed in a weapon. This is a weapon. The Holy Spirit is a weapon. And this is out of the Passion Translation. It's Romans 13, 11 through 14. To live like this is all the more urgent. Say all the more urgent. All the more urgent. For time is running out, and you know it is a strategic hour in human history. It is time for us to wake up, for our full salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Night's darkness is dissolving away as a new day of destiny dawns. So we must once and for all strip away what is done in the shadows of darkness, removing it like filthy cloths. And once and for all, we clothe ourselves with the radiance of light as our weapon. It's a weapon. Amen. We must live honorably surrounded by the light of this new day, not in the darkness of drunkenness and debauchery, not in promiscuity and sensuality, not being argumentative or jealous of others. Instead, fully immerse yourselves into the Lord Jesus, the anointed one, and don't waste even a moment's thought on your former identity to awaken its selfish desires. So it is... It is absolutely vital for us to walk in the supernatural for this day and this hour, to be clothed with power. It's our weapon. It's our, it's our power that we have available for this hour. Praise God. Amen. Isn't that encouraging? We don't have to go through things with our, with, in fear. You know, uh, in relate, there's another scripture that's related to that. If you walk in the spirit, what would that be? Walking in, in, in an awareness, a reception, a fullness mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. That's a power that transcends any other. What's really interesting, the opposition to that is our flesh. Yeah. They war against one another. They war against. But if you're walking in the fullness of the Spirit, that's why praying in other tongues mm -hmm. is such a powerful thing. Because it's really hard to pray in other tongues and be cursing somebody. Or meditating on something that is an evil thought. Mm -hmm. It's hard to be in both places at once. That's why the scripture says, if you walk in the spirit, that, that, that means that's, that's where you're at. You won't fulfill those other things. You won't, they won't even be a possibility for you. Well, what Amen? happens is when you're clothed in this, when you're clothed in this power, the devil sees Christ. He doesn't yeah. even see you. You're clothed you're, in you're Christ. You're baptized in Christ. So you're baptized. You're, all he sees is Christ. He doesn't even see you. Yeah, that's great. You're untouchable. Well, praise Say, God. Say, I'm untouchable. Full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Praise God. We're full of the power of the Spirit. We can take on anything. We can accomplish anything. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength and ability.